you're going into a marketing career as a UGC creator and you need to know a lot of things and there's so much misinformation out there. There are a lot of people who became a UGC creator this summer and now they're selling $400 courses. You never know how good it's going to be so make sure you're learning from someone that has been doing it for a while. I mean you need a contract. You need to know the terms in marketing. There's a lot of things you need to learn and it's not hard. The barrier to entry honestly is very low. I do not have a degree in anything marketing. I went to school for sociology. I don't use it at all so just make sure who you're learning from is someone who is qualified because like I said there are a lot of people who do the tips and tricks on TikTok because it's hot right now and they'll get a lot of views but they don't necessarily know the business side. You need to treat being a UGC creator as a business because it is a business and if you treat it like that you need to get everything set up properly. Welcome to Check Your Aesthetic Podcast, the go-to podcast for self-starting creatives. I'm Katie Campbell, the owner of Katie Creative Co., a social media management agency located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'm Alexis Aldrich, a Vermont-based content creator focused on promoting productivity that fits your unique lifestyle and growing my career in marketing and creative business strategy. On CYA, you will catch authentic conversations around entrepreneurship, social media, self-care, and the creative industry. If you're looking to grow your online following, boost your productivity, and connect with other ambitious female creatives, then you've come to the right place. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm so excited to hear what your idea is for us to talk about. Alexis was... Um, really said she had something important for us to talk about in this intro today. Yeah, you know, I'm just, like, innovative like that. Um, no. Okay, my thing was I was thinking of random questions today, and then I was like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable asking Abigail to answer this question <laughs> because it is potentially embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Um, but, okay, also, I just said her name, so I want I to say, say yeah. who Abigail is. This also was a really great episode. Um, mm-hmm. I think that... Uh, even if you are not interested in being a UGC creator, I think that it's just something that is kind of new in the social media world and it's interesting yeah, and, and important to if know you work about. in marketing, yeah, yeah, you should understand kind of what it is or anywhere in that, how, how it could benefit you as a business owner. If you're a marketing professional, definitely. Yeah, exactly. You should, you should listen. Um, yeah. And so just for a little intro, UGC is user generated content. Um, and mm-hmm. Abigail teaches how to make money as a content creator without needing like to be an influencer or be have like a bunch of followers. So if that sounds interesting to you, you should definitely keep listening. But so my question, so embarrassing. I'm already like horrified. Have you ever DM'd a celebrity and what did you DM them? You don't have to read it, but like, what did you say? So I know I've DM'd Harry Styles. So let me let me. I just knew go. you would say that. <laughs> I've DM'd him multiple times. So let me just yeah. go and see what we're working with there. Okay. I don't I don't know what account I've DM'd him from. <laughs> but isn't that isn't that humiliating? <laughs> like genuinely, so <laughs> humili- so many things. In 2020, I was DMing him like every day, asking him to sing Santa Baby. Um, I just wanted him to cover Santa Baby really bad because I thought it would be good. Uh-huh. So I DM'd him like six times about that. And then on September 30th, 2021, I said, if you don't wear yesterday's tour outfit for Atlanta Day 1, I will be deeply disappointed. He didn't wear it and he wore an ugly outfit for Atlanta Day 1. Great. So I was deeply disappointed. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I've gotten into this on the podcast yet. And I'm a rough with some feathers here. But I think that I got a bad Harry Styles show. Really? I don't think it was, like, terrible, but, like... Right. There I were was, better. So the show that I went to was right before Harry Ween. And I don't know. I, I understand that these performers are so excited to be at Madison Square Garden, and, like, they've got these special things coming up, and, like, you know, like, Madison Square Garden is his favorite, and he just loves it. And, like, I understand that's a big deal. But you could tell he was saving his energy for Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't, I don't know. And I feel the same way. I'm sure there's a lot of people. He just got, like, pretty sick. Like, he got, like, the flu or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was actively sick on stage. And I know, like, this man is absolutely doing his best. But I feel like sometimes these shows in, like, random places yes. don't get as much, like, hype as, like, L.A., New York. Oh, when, like, yeah. I mean, you know, imagine like, being Everybody's paying Vermont. the same amount. Like, random yeah. people will come to... um what is it? Higher Ground, I think it's called. Yeah. Anybody from Vermont listening is literally about to like 
laugh at me because that is such a common place. But that is literally like either that or the Flynn um, are the places that Vermont like or that people come to in Vermont and they're both so small so I feel like people that come here are like why am I even here and like what is the point so I feel I, I totally understand that feeling of like do you yeah. actually won't even want to be here yeah and like it wasn't bad like none of them are bad but it's just like you see like all of the stops that he's pulled out from Madison Square Garden and he's like he does all his extra songs and like I just got all the regular songs and mm-hmm. like I understand that's what makes it fun and I'm really not bitching people are gonna be like why you literally got to see Harry Styles in comfort like stop <laughs> bitching um and I'm not trying to bitch but anyway um I just thought I think it's interesting too and I'm sure I'm not the only person who's I'm not at all disappointed. I was happy to go. I thought it was a great time and it was a great concert. But this is why I usually make the specific choice to go see artists in Nashville. Nobody right. ever puts on a bad show in Nashville. Right. Totally. So I don't know. I just, that's just my hot take. I think that's like I'm going to see Taylor Swift in Nashville because I know like she's yeah, from Nashville. I know it's going to be a good show. Um, and like then I'll have the good show privilege in Nashville. But in Atlanta, you don't really get that. And in like New Orleans, you never get that. Mm-hmm. So you know, not that it's, I'm not being, I'm not complaining about my Did you not feel like your Flo Rida concert in New Orleans was not good? That was actually in Baton Rouge, oh, but it was it great. Was. Um, yeah, it was at the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Right, Baton Rouge. right, 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 right. Um, that one was really insane. I don't, that <laughs> was so, that was so crazy. Like, it's like a fever, fever dream. dream. But, um, but yeah, I'm. I would like to reiterate again. I'm not complaining, guys. I just think there is something to be said for artists preferring certain stadiums and putting on a better show. So that being yes. said, he did not wear the outfit that I wanted him to wear, and he wore an outfit that I didn't like. Yes. Okay. So mine. I mean, can you take a guess who I'm gonna read? This is gonna be so embarrassing. T- guess. It's Tom Felton. Yes. Um. Shockingly, I only have one message. I'm like shocked. Say? It, okay, so this is, <laughs> in in some ways, it's better than I thought it would be, and in some ways, it's way worse, because, <laughs> and I remember the exact, <laughs> I remember the exact night that this was, and I think what makes it more embarrassing was, like, the thought process behind it. Okay, so this was fully in my, like, Obsessed with Tom Felton era. This was back when we lived in the old apartment, so it was, like, even worse. Um, Okay. So, he was hosting some sort of, like, British, um, (laughs) Katie's already covering her face, humiliated for me. Um, he was hosting some, like, British, like, movie film awards or something, and so, of course, I, like, streamed it, which, like, why the hell would I do that? It was, like, an indie, like, film awards it was like so boring but he was like visibly so nervous and like (laughs) I (laughs) I like sat through the whole thing and was like you know what you have like secondhand embarrassment and like anxiety when someone else is nervous like I can't Mm -hmm. like I that's why I absolutely hate wedding speeches because the majority of the time people are like visibly nervous, which like understandably so, like totally get it. But like I want to leave the room because like I can't, I feel that like I I just can't, because I'm such an empath. Um, so I message him February eighteenth, twenty twenty one. That's my birthday. Oh, it is. It is your birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So while Katie was having her birthday, I was watching Tom Felton's and DMing Tom. <laughs> DM- God. Um, I said, congratulations, Tom. You did such an amazing job tonight. Heart. Ew. Ew. That's really cringy because it's like, <laughs> as if he's going to like read, read that it and, and like, like feel like better. my ones to Harry Styles are so fucking unhinged that like you, you, you know, he's yeah, not reading that. He's like not he's not that. like he's not reading that. But like that, like I knew. But like that sounds like you're like texting your friend who just like <laughs> aced their test. No. You because you know in that message that I was like I need to make him feel better that he did such a great job that is like genuinely makes me want to like curl up in a ball and like never speak to anyone again. Okay, I actually have another one. Um, I gotta find it. Hold on. This one actually is not even like I didn't DM this celebrity first. Hold on. Where is it? Is it? Where is it from The Bachelor? No, it's Megan Trainer. She shared one of my oh, yeah. um, one of my posts to her stories in November of 2020, 
And I said, hey, thank you so much for sharing. Um, and this was really cool. But however, I'm just here beefing with all the celebrities. I love Megan Trainer. I don't even know if she runs her on social media. But she did tag me in this story. But she tagged me I underneath the photo. And it really bothered me. Because if you're sharing things from like artists to your story yeah. as like Megan Trainer with 15 million followers... Just tag it where somebody can click it. Yeah. And she nobody mean, she can means, click it. Like she means underneath, like behind, not like below. Yeah, like so yeah, I could see that I was tagged in it, yeah. but you couldn't like when you looked, you couldn't ever see the tag. So either they'd made it like so tiny that like you couldn't see it, or like they had put it under like behind my photo, which so Why? technically she tagged me, but she didn't really. Yeah. Because right. you know, it's the same thing as when people would share like my art and they would do like 15,000 like enters and then put like yeah photo Katie. Katie creative yeah Co. right which like in reality it's really not that deep like at the time it was that deep but now it's just really not that deep but I actually really like Megan Trainer, especially recently I think she's been slaying the social media game but yeah yes. so that's a, DM, a celebrity Chris. dm'd me a celebrity dm'd me yes I did not oh DM I her. have a, this is not the same but I have another one where um Wells Adams when I had done that illustration oh and then he Do you like, remember how embarrassed you were? I literally wanted to stop. I wanted to shut down my account. Um, <laughs> I had done like you the, like fully created it, tagged them, everything, and then he saw it, and you were like, "Ew." <laughs> I made like I was in my bachelor era, and so I did um, some illustrations of. Um, it was like a choose your boyfriend. Ooh, God, cringe. Um, <laughs> choose your boyfriend. And then it was like a bunch of different bachelor guys. But then it had like qualities about them. And one was like, your mom will love him was like Wells. And then he commented, he liked it and commented like, yeah, moms love me or something. And I immediately FaceTimed Katie and was like, I'm shutting down my account. You're like, I have to delete this. I have to delete this. <laughs> Can you imagine, though, you go and see, like, you're tagged in a post and it's somebody's done a pick your boyfriend and you're included in it? God. Oh, my God. So much of my, like, I, oh, God. And, like, I look back on stuff that I have created in the past, even, like, year or, like, two years ago, especially, like, 2020, and I'm just like, who is that? Like, it's not even really, it's not even really embarrassing. It's just, like, who is that? Like, I know. When I was in my, like, boho, like, <laughs> muted colors phase, like, that has never been me. I've never been that person. And there's plenty of people that are, but, like, that has just never been me. That's not what, like, my room looked like. That's just, like, not, like, what? Yes, exactly. And I feel like that, I feel like that energy is, like, for both of us because, like, both of what we are creating is, like, semi us but not mm -hmm. fully us because like you are like a neutral girly but not like a boho exactly like not that yeah and i'm not yeah i'm like a i'm i'm sort of a neutral girly but still even, but you still I mean, have like, color and like you're like i'm never gonna well i'm not gonna say never say never i probably wouldn't buy like a super colorful couch but i might oh i would I think I would actually now that I've said that. But I really want a green couch and I want I want a hot pink couch in my office and then I want a like foresty green couch in my My best friend Kate got this vintage like chartreuse kind of green velvet couch from wow. this like vintage like Instagram like mm -hmm. thing for like I think it was like 700 bucks. Wow. Which is insane. It's like yeah. a nice, especially big, just for a couch in general. Couch, I know. Like seven hundred bucks for a couch is not that much, and it's like really comfy and nice, and it is so cute. It's like it was like kind of her first big girl purchase after getting her job, and I am obsessed with her couch. Um, but yeah, I the immense desire to be reposted by big accounts during the twenty twenty Instagram Illustrator era. Oh my god! When um, what's her like face from else Love Island? Me. From Love yes. Island. Yes. Who was? Laura Whitmore, the host of Love Island, no, posted from me. Someone from Love oh Island God. posted me. It was um, the one, the Scottish or Irish one, Paige. Paige. She posted on her yeah. story. I didn't know that. Well, Laura Whitmore, the host of Love Island, posted one of my things under her feed. Crazy. Under yeah. Feed, anyway, we're famous. I know we're famous. Oh God. Um. Anyway, okay. Well, after all of this talk of celebrities, let us know. Actually, DM us if you've ever DM'd a celebrity something super embarrassing. Um, we want to see it. Or if a celebrity's ever DM'd you, we want to see that as well. Um, if you've got an Adam Levine situation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> we want to see that. Um, or James if Charles. any celebrities Oof. have ever DM'd you that you're sexy, we want to see that. We just want to see all of it. So anyway, I guess we should stop wasting um, you guys' energy listening to us talk about celebrities and go ahead and get into the episode with Abigail. Hi, Abigail. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. We are so excited to chat with you. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do for our listeners who might not be familiar with you? Yes, so excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, Real quick, you guys, if you are listening and you are new to whatever you are pursuing in life, um, this is my first podcast I've ever been on. I'm so excited. I really started going hard in my business like five or six months ago, and now I'm on a podcast. So Keep that in mind. Everyone starts from zero, and this is like, I'm so excited to be here. But my name is Abigail. I am a UGC creator, and I've recently started helping other creators learn how to do UGC. Kind of blew up on TikTok this summer. Um, uh, Yeah, so I'm a stay at home mom as well. So I kind of do all of the creative stuff during my day (laughs) with my two year old. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just been really amazing to have a career that. Um, I get to choose the timing of everything. Like it's my choice, Um, but also something that's fulfilling and exciting. I love UGC. I love that it's creative, but it's also got the marketing aspect to it. Um, And if you don't know what UGC is, it's user-generated content and it's where you create content for brands. Like you're not an influencer. You don't post it to your page. You're just creating the content for the brand. So that is what I do and what I love to teach other people to do. Amazing. So um, you already kind of answered the question a little bit. I was going to ask for you to explain what UGC is for our listeners that might not be familiar with it. You already said user-generated content. Um, So can you explain kind of, let's say someone has been thinking about just content creation in general, and they're kind of trying to decide, do I want to go the influencer route and kind of um, take it all on themselves or do they want to go more in the UGC direction? What are the differences and what do you think would be best for each type of creator? Yeah, so essentially as an influencer, right, you are being paid to promote things on your page. So the brand is paying you for your audience. They're paying you for your viewers. They are paying for, you know, the viewer's trust. Um, because most of the time these influencers have communities that they've built over like five years or 10 years, even some influencers on Instagram have been there for a long time. So the Mm -hmm. second they talk about a product, it's somebody wants to buy it. It's instantly sold. Sales. Yeah, exactly. And it's awesome, but I feel like it's kind of shifting right now. And a lot of people now, you know, their favorite influencer is no longer relatable. They are these millionaires who have made millions off them. They live in these houses that, you know, are not attainable really. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's like a disconnect there now. And then UGC is more where you are a content creator, you create content for brands, but it, you know, they're not paying for your audience. They're paying for your expertise as a content creator and your creativity. Um, And it's just a lot easier to get into, in my opinion, if you are introverted. So me, for Mm. instance, I am very introverted. I love to be creative. I always have been. Um, It's just... I was a yearbook editor. I, you know, took all these design classes in college, but never knew like what I wanted to do because mm-hmm. um, it's kind of hard to make money as a starving artist. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of never went that route. And now like I can make tons of money every month being creative for other brands without having to show up on social media every single day, um, which Definitely. is really nice because it's it's overwhelming to have your full income depend on other people, um, like yes. on your followers. Whereas as a UGC creator, like you control your income. If you want to book more gigs, all you have to do is reach out to brands and find the gigs and they're not depending on your audience. Um, so I do think there's like a fine line of doing both together. I think a lot of influencers now um, are kind of opening their, getting their eyes open to see that UGC is a lot more um, long term too. Yeah. Um, like all my mm-hmm. clients are retainer clients. One of them I've worked for for five years. Um, wow. So I am not pitching all the time. I am not sending contracts every day, which that's like the mm-hmm. tedious part of UGC and influencing. Um, so I really think doing both together is super beneficial. And influencers, honestly, if you already have an influence, like you already have a community, you can charge a little bit more for UGC because you are recognizable. Um, mm, so like your face and everything. Exactly. Like there's a lot of big influencers where they're doing UGC now and I see ads being run to their page um, and I'm sure they're paid more because they are well known but yeah I just think UGC is way better for people who are introverted and don't want to show up on social media all the time Mm -hmm. um, because you can always add in 
add in influencing down the line, which is nice too. It's kind of what mine has turned into a little bit. Like I don't get brand deals. I don't like doing brand deals. It's just not my thing um, with influencing, but I've gotten a lot reaching out to me now that I'm like showing up on social media as an expert. So Yeah. And I feel like another thing that comes to mind that we get a lot of questions about and people talk about a lot is like, especially on TikTok, the non-aesthetic, like I don't have an aesthetic life. This seems like a great option for somebody who feels like maybe they don't have the aesthetic life enough to be an influencer, but they really love content creation and can really curate, you know, like a beautiful piece of content, even though maybe their life is like a little bit chaotic. Or this also sounds like a great start for somebody who doesn't have hours and hours and hours all day you know they have a job they can't put it they can't be showing up on their stories constantly or making like three pieces of content a day to post on social media this seems like something that you can say here's you know I'm good at creating content here's the proof that I'm good at it and here's why you know I would be a good fit for your brand and I think it really is I'm a social media manager it seems to be kind of just one step away from that kind of Mm -hmm. like a different you know you're not hired onto a brand but you're you know it's still kind of in that same realm but I would love to hear, like, kind of from the brand side and your experience, you've, you know, you worked with clients, you've worked with, who have worked with brands, you've worked with brands yourself. Why do you think a brand would kind of choose to hire a UGC creator versus a traditional influencer in kind of like today's digital economy? Yeah. Well, number one, I think especially like with the recession, um, it's a lot more affordable, honestly. Like influencers yeah. have mm-hmm. become, I've seen some influencers charge like $75,000 for one reel. And, yeah. you know, I do think that some of them really like they do get an incredible return. Um, they did a study like on Kylie Jenner and like what she makes from one video like of her own. And then when she does sponsors posts and it's just outrageous. Um, but that's not always the case. And a lot of brands don't have that kind of money. Um, so I think hiring UGC instead is affordable. I also think back to the relatability thing. Influencers just aren't as relatable anymore. And mm-hmm. UGC is way more like you're able to connect with the creator. You're able to see someone using the product. A lot of UGC videos are somewhat of like a review of the product while they're using it. Um, mm-hmm. People want to see a real person using something before they buy it, you know, When you go Mm -hmm. buy something from Amazon, what do you do first? You go read all the reviews. And that's essentially what UGC is. It's a real person, you know, describing how to use the product, describing what they love about it. um, And they connect to that more. And also UGC, like, you can hire creators to run your account, to, like, be your face of TikTok. And that's been really big lately, I think, too, is, like, having a face to connect to the brand instead of the, like, CEO or the owners being that because they don't have time for that. And so then they don't do it, and then they have no presence on TikTok. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just not sustainable. So, like, Stan for creators, they're, like, a link in bio, but you can sell your digital product with them. They hired a creator, and she is the face of the brand. Her name is Lo, and, like, when you go to their Stan Um, all of their social media platforms like that is who you see and she is the face of the brand now so essentially Mm -hmm. she was hired on to create the content for them but also be the face of the brand and I think that's really great about UGC because social media is incredible but a lot of business owners they don't have time for that Um, and it's it's a lot of work yeah or they don't want to show up every day like it's not easy there are days where I'm like I am I do not want to be on social media today like I would rather ugly today Mm -hmm. yeah exactly (laughs) so hiring that out to a UGC creator um, it's just kind of like changing the game and it's it's really exciting and thrilling to see things shifting back to relatability and like Instagram not pushing as much of like the fake content Um, people want real they want real life like my house is not aesthetic it is not very beautiful and like some of my best videos were recorded in apartment that was teeny tiny and ugly Mm -hmm. and you know people want to see the real the nitty-gritty now and I think that's what's really great about UGC yeah definitely I think that it's I've I've heard the the term like influencer cycle or influencer loop or something like that where a creator will start out small and then they'll grow and they ha- they get a following because they're relatable, mm-hmm. but then it goes too far mm-hmm. and then they get, you know, large sponsorships and whatever, like millions of followers. And that's when they move into the all white house and yeah. <laughs> they are no longer viewed as relatable. And then their mm-hmm. content kind of takes a hit. Um, but I also wanted to ask, I could not be more excited about the sponsor that we are about to tell you guys about, Pura. I'm sure you've heard of them, but if you haven't, Pura is the very first smart home fragrance diffuser, which you might be thinking to yourself, 
I'm sorry, what is a smart home fragrance diffuser? Um, basically, your Pura is a diffuser that you can connect to an app on your phone and you can control the intensity, set schedules, and turn on and off your scents. You can swap your scents. You, there's like a little nightlight. There's just so many things you can do with your Pura. And I am specifically excited about the fact that you can turn it either up or it down as mm-hmm. like as far as how much scent is going to be coming out. Um, I know that Katie likes to have hers literally ramped to the max to the point where her dog sitter was like, I had to turn it off because it was too she much. Had to, <laughs> she had to unplug it because she was like, it's too much scent. Yes. And I'm like cranking through scents like so quick. It's yes. crazy. For me, I actually, I usually like like a pretty intense scent, but I ended up turning it down to like literally 1%. Um, it's like out of 10. So not 1%, but it was on scale one out of 10. Um, and it, it's made it last like a really long time. Um, but you genuinely can still smell it. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, I'm, I'm very, uh, impressed with the amount of scents that they offer. Yeah. And even your favorite candle, your favorite candle scents, they have Capri Blue, they have Nest, they have Anthropology scents, they have Day, they have Studio McGee, they have Brooklyn Candle Company, they have your favorite scents that you go into the store to buy as a candle. I can almost guarantee you that they're going to have that on Pira. They have over 35 premium fragrance brands that you know and love. And their fragrances are premium and high-end, and they're clean. They don't have chemicals, additives. They're safe for pets. And Alexis, this is really good for you because you live in an apartment where you can't have candles. So this is a solution for you to have the sense of like your favorite candles that you bought before you moved into that apartment in your house. Exactly. And that's why I I had felt like with the whole... um, like diffusers and like plugins, there weren't just there weren't that many options. Um, yes. So I'm very excited about this, and I love that they have different partnerships with um, the kind of uh, big name brands like Disney, Anthropology, Tommy Bahama, um, Studio McGee, like just so many different options, and they're constantly coming out with with new stuff. So it really keeps you updated. You can use code PCYAP15 for 15% off your first order. And I highly recommend, seriously, this is a product that I am, I mean, we don't accept any sponsors that we don't love already, but this is one that Katie and I were like, holy crap, this is amazing. So yeah, I've, I used Pura long before they became a sponsor of the podcast and I will continue to use them. Also a great gift, but again, use code PCYAP15 for 15% off your first order on Pura's website. Kind of changing from what I was just talking about, but is there an option for, let's say we have some listeners that are influencers and they're on the, um, side of you know marketing their personality is there an option for a type of contract or a type of project where a creator would be able to provide UGC for a brand but also use that in their own content is that an option or is that a little bit tricky with the legalities I mean I think it's better for the brand I have one brand where I am not allowed to post anything and she pays more for that um, just Mm -hmm. because she has a lot of competitors that try and Mm -hmm. take her like creative direction Um, but then I have other brands where they're like go ahead post it we love seeing your content out there we love people learning um, you know how to create good content so I think as long as you have a solid contract and you talk to the brand about it um, because sharing your work also is a great way to get more UGC jobs Um, so Mm -hmm. It really just depends on the brand, um, but I think it benefits both parties, honestly, because they're able to use it for their own content and the brand is able to use it. Um, you just have to make sure like the legalities are Ask. all lined up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm interested in, obviously, I feel like I feel like UGC kind of sits between social media manager and like influencer. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of there in the middle. So I'm interested in... For you and for your clients, do you see more monthly retainer clients or do you see more, or, you know, relationships with brands or do you see more one-off, you know, I'm going to pay you this much for one reel? Um, Kind of where do you, how do you see that falling and 
what's your experience and what you prefer as a UGC creator? Yeah, so I only take retainer clients now. Um, I mm-hmm. don't enjoy the contract part. I don't enjoy the pitching, the back and forth. Like, it's a lot of work. Um, I think it it's is. kind of necessary in the beginning to learn what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And if you're a new UGC creator, taking on the one-off gigs to, like, see what type of content you like. Um, so I stick to pretty much flowers and, like, organic household products, that kind of stuff. Um, just because it's what I like to create. I used to be a florist for 10 years. I know how to make flowers look really pretty. Um, so I kind of stick to those things and it helps to not having my brain have to like be creative around several different niches. Um, a lot of people on TikTok will be like, don't niche down. You'll lose a ton of money. But I'm like, okay, but creating for like 15 different products every month, that is a lot of work for your brain. Um, and you will burn out very quickly. So It's what I teach my students as well that um, I think it's important to try things at the beginning and then niche down and book retainer clients because, I mean, if you create one TikTok a day and you are posting for the brand, like, I mean, you could charge three to $5,000 for one brand and brands need that. There's so much money in social media. So I'm really big on retainer clients and I think that's kind of where it's going to because brands want the face of their TikTok to be similar um, or their Instagram. It's kind of confusing when you have a ton of different creators. Um, And then when one-offs I think are a good thing is if you are doing it for paid ads. Um, So paid UGC ads that they're putting money behind it because you can charge more for that. Um, And it does take a little bit more brain power and creativity and research to um, create something that's going to be used for an ad um, as opposed to something that they're just posting to their social media content. So Mm -hmm. in the beginning, I think it's great to take one-offs, learn what you're doing, see what you like. Um, But then I, like now, I only take retainer clients. If someone wants a one-off, I don't take it on. It's just not worth my time anymore. And I think it benefits the brand too because then the creator knows what they're doing. They know the brand. Right. They're much quicker. They don't have to do the research all the time. Like the brands I work with, I know their values, everything backwards and forwards. Like creating content for them is easy now. So I'm definitely more of the long game with UGC right. clients. And also I think the benefit with testing things out is you can have those um, low-risk experiences with yep. – uh, different brands and so you're not creating this like long-term relationship when you have no idea what they're like mm-hmm. to work with and then you can kind of mm-hmm. see who do you like working with and mm-hmm. who do you not and you can kind of um, go from there so sure. how do you pitch to brands as a UGC creator and then I want to also hear on the other side if you have a perspective what do you think um, the brands are looking for from those pitches Yeah. So with pitching, you know, there's a lot of apps like Upwork, Fiverr, those places that you can, you know, list your services and then people can come to you. And I think that's a great start for sure. But for me, I like to pitch through um, the DMs first. I like to go and ask for their, um, you know, the right email that I need to be in contact with because often you'll just have like the info at whatever and then it'll take a while to get to the right person. But um, I usually ask to be put in touch with the marketing team, not the social media team because social media is usually, you know, the influencer side. They really don't know. UGC is a newer concept to um, a lot of brands. It's not a new concept, but it's new to a lot of brands um, and the terminology is new. Um, so I would usually go to them first, ask for the marketing email and then pitch to that email. I have a lot more success or I've seen a lot more success, um, doing it that way. Um, getting to the right person is really important because you're going to get the like, Oh, be a brand ambassador email back. If you go to the social media person, like that's what they think Mm -hmm. you're doing. Um, so yeah, I've found that to be a lot more successful and you're just, If you're talking to the wrong person, you're just going to get the runaround and it's going to take a long time, (laughs) which is super annoying. Um, And then from the brand side, I think brands honestly are kind of not sure what they want at this time. It's a very new, it's a new concept, um, like kind of taking over influencing, in my opinion. I think influencing will always be a thing. Obviously, it's like a $14 billion industry. Like it's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think this new idea of like, a creator being your social media manager or working with your social media manager, um, someone Mm -hmm. who understands like the trends. Um, if your brain doesn't understand trends, like creating them is they're going to be terrible. Like I see people jumping (laughs) on trends and like they don't get the trend and it's just not funny. So having a creator, yeah, (laughs) 
having like a young creator come in who knows what they're doing, who knows what the trends are, who understands, you know, how TikTok works um, is super beneficial for brands, but they don't really know that yet. They're kind of like trying to figure it out and being like, okay, like, is this person worth three to $4,000 a month? And then these UGC creators are like, selling out products because they know mm-hmm. what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the brands fully know what they're doing yet and how to incorporate this. So it's cool to see a lot of people in the creator economy kind of pushing that out there right now saying, Hey, like hire a young TikToker who knows what they're doing and yeah. get them up there because most brands get on TikTok and they have no idea what they're doing. Like they're posting videos yeah. that are made for Instagram and they don't work that way. You know, like TikTok videos, yeah blow up on Instagram, Instagram videos flop on TikTok. It's just not the mm-hmm. same yes. <laughs> thing. And um, so I think brands are a little confused and they, they don't really know what they're doing. Um, so I think it's awesome that UGC is kind of blowing up and so many people are pitching UGC um, and asking to do that for brands because it's going to change the game for so many brands. Yeah. Okay. So in a pitch email or a pitch DM, what are the things that you're including that are important? Because, you know, it's not like an influencer pitch where you say, I have this many followers, this is my engagement rate. You know, how are you, like, what important things do you include and tell your clients to include in those pitch emails or DMs? Yeah. So I always, um, you know, introduce myself very quickly. It's never like, don't give your life story. No brand cares about that. They're not going to read that. Um, So I'll do like a quick introduction, my name, what I do. Um, if I'm pitching to something that's like a specialized niche and it's what I specialize in, I say that like, Hey, I specialize in this. Um, I would also include like a little bit of market research in the email. So show them that you've done the Mm -hmm. research. You know, if you're wanting to work for a company, um, go to their website, spend 15 minutes looking at the words that they use, looking at the, um, their brand values. Like a lot of the time on the about me page, they'll literally say exactly what their brand values are. Like what they value in their company, use those words in your email and give them an idea of what you want to do for them. Um, I will often pitch like, Hey, I have this idea and I would love to play it out in the next 30 days and like do a sample month with you, something like that. Um, to kind of hook them in. Um, and then if they only want one video, I'll often make multiples and then sell them on those after like, Hey, you had this idea and these were my ideas. Um, so I think going into the pitch emails, with a little research being done and not using templates. I do not sell templates. I do not recommend pitch templates because I think they all look the same. And if you're going to do this for the long run, you need to learn how to write an email to a brand. Um, Using a template, I was on the brand side for years and I was a creative director and I could tell when an influencer would literally just plug our name into things. Um, Mm. And I would get like the same email from people sometimes. And it's just so unprofessional. Um, so take the time to learn how to write to a brand. Like you might mess up. That's okay. That's part of the learning experience. I get so many Mm -hmm. requests for like pitch templates and I will never make them. Um, I have Mm -hmm. done some where it's like an outline saying like pulling it from them, what they need to like tell them. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I just think it goes a long way when you show the brand that you've done some research and show them what you can do for them. Like you're the creator, show them that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like you said, these brands don't know what they want. So telling them, yep. this is what I can do for you. This is why it's going to work, you know, or like even I think especially in any sort of pitch template, whether you're or pitch, not pitch template, whether you're an influencer or, you know, a UGC creator or anything, if you really use the brand and if you're really, you know, a consumer of the brand or if you really have wanted to try them for a while saying things like that, mm-hmm. like they want to speak with a human. Yep. They don't want to speak with this like person who's sending 30,000 <laughs> emails yeah. a day. Um, and I think that spending more time on one pitch is going to benefit you more than spending less time on, you know, 10 or yep. 15 pitches in a day. Um, okay. So other than you touched on this a little bit, but other than, you know, actually I'm going to change this question. Cause I think that we're going to get this one if we don't ask it. <laughs> Where do you find the brands that you reach out to? How do you know, like, oh, this would be a good brand or this brand looks like, you know, they could use UGC? Because I feel like if you reach out to, like, Google, they're not – that's not <laughs> – yeah. that's too big. Yeah. But um, then also smaller brands usually have smaller budgets. So yeah. where do you kind of find your people that you pitch to personally? Yeah, so on Instagram, I love doing the – where if you, like, search for brands – that you want to work with and then it'll like suggest other brands. That's a mm-hmm, great way mm-hmm. to go find smaller brands. And often I will look at their Instagram first and then go see if they have a TikTok. If they don't have a TikTok, pitch to that brand. Like so many people have no idea how to start a TikTok. And I so think that's true. a mm-hmm. huge benefit. 
Um, and then also when you're scrolling on Instagram or TikTok, like if you see a sponsored post that is UGC, like someone walking you through how to use a video, what's great about it, where you can buy it, um, pitch to them. They obviously use UGC creators and they're obviously going to need more content. Um, so I think at the beginning you kind of are like, oh my gosh, who do I pitch to? But there are like millions of brands out there and they all yeah. need UGC, they all need creators, um, especially now with video. I mean, brands used to be able to do one photo shoot and have images for six months and now they can't exactly. do that anymore. Like it, yeah. video is king right now and I think it will continue to be for a long time. And um, so I think just really just find small brands and ask them if you need like I've done some where it's like a product I wanted to buy anyway and I said hey like I'll create a few videos for you I really want this product um happy to pay for it too um mm -hmm. and most of the time they like want the they want the videos in exchange for the product so I think really just finding brands that don't have a presence on TikTok or that kind of have the outdated video or um, photos only not a lot of video going on um, those are the brands that need it the most. And those are the ones that are kind of desperate to try it out. Um, obviously there are still really big brands that hire UGC creators and there's a lot of apps coming out now where, you know, you sign up like Billow. Um, Billow is a great one. If you're just getting started, they have really low prices. Um, definitely not what I recommend you charge when you are just working with brands yourself, but you can go on there and, you know, book a $25 one video for a brand and kind of get your feet wet. And kind right. of figure out yeah, exactly. what they want. And I always tell UGC creators like new ones, build your portfolio using Billow because you can get reviews. Mm -hmm. You can see how it is to work with brands without like kind of freaking out. Because <laughs> I think people get nervous. Right. There's like, they think that there's like so much power behind an email and it's just an email. It's, you know, just, just email the brand, like talk to a human as you would a exactly. human. Don't be a mm -hmm. jerk about it. Like talk kindly and <laughs> show them what you can do. Um, but yeah. That's very smart. Um, so I want to know, because I think it's interesting for um, marketing yourself on social media as a UGC creator, because I think that it can, um, like, do you, do you go more the service provider route um, when creating content for, in order to market yourself as this UGC creator, or are you kind of showing your life and also kind of getting into the influencer space like how do you um segment that but really the question yeah. is just how can you market yourself as a UGC creator on social media yeah totally I think a lot of people have taken a route that I don't think is a good route um they see that UGC is popular so they're like oh I'm gonna give UGC tips and tricks all day and it's like no brand yes. wants to see that um for me I do share about UGC now because I teach people how to do it now so it's different mm -hmm. and right. like, you're well, more like you a coach exactly and I want to show them from a creator there's a lot of like agencies teaching you how to be a UGC creator but I'm mm -hmm. like they don't know they're not a creator yeah. so I love coming like a creator teaching a creator um so that's you know how my content shows up but I always tell new creators I'm like find what you're passionate about and create UGC videos like about your life I was about to say like, yeah you just you create them and post exactly. them tag the brands and, act like and an then they're going to be even more inclined to yeah going to be even more inclined to work with you too exactly and I think like influencing and UGC go really well together but you're not relying on your social media to pay for your life you are exactly. relying exactly. on working with brands um so that's what I tell my students I'm like act like you are an influencer, talk about the products that you love, yes. practice, because then you're practicing as well. And the brand is not coming to your page saying, I see a lot of people like, I'm a UGC creator, here's my journey. And it's like, no right. brand wants to see that. They don't want to see that you're brand new. They're going to take advantage of you. They're going to pay you less money. Um, I, I don't think that's a good route to take. Um, so I always encourage them to just treat your life like you're an influencer and create UGC content around the things that you like and post that. Like, act like right. you're an influencer, kind of. Well, I think it also shows, like, for example, Katie and I, for when we're looking for sponsors for the podcast, we're not going to have a sponsor that is, like, like a car part. <laughs> like, that just makes no sense for yeah. us. Um, and I think that it, it shows through your content, like, what are you comfortable talking about? What are you mm -hmm. experienced either using or making? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that it's it's very obvious to one, just the consumer of the content, but it's also super obvious to the brand. If you've already talked about that brand or if you've used, some, used something similar, I just mm -hmm. recently posted um, a video cleaning my shower <laughs> and I used like the scrub mommy and like um some like cleaning products and so 
if let's say I don't know Dawn dish soap goes to my page they're gonna be like oh okay she's already used to talking about this type of stuff Mm -hmm. rather than someone that's um you know a fashion creator they're not gonna hire a fashion creator to make content for cleaning so yeah I think that it's very smart to kind of that almost builds up your portfolio without even having to talk to to brands so yeah I was gonna say I feel like if you use your social media think of it more as like a digital portfolio Mm -hmm. there was a really long time when I started as a social media manager that that's what I was doing like Mm -hmm. I was and I still do I like I I've talked about this on the podcast before, I think, but I do, like, this is a different kind of example, but I do social media makeovers for brands that aren't my clients just to showcase my portfolio, show who I would like to work with, you know? That it shows, like, so that when, and most of the ones that I do are for restaurants, I would, if a restaurant will hire me, I'll kiss you on the mouth. I want a restaurant client so bad. (laughs) Um, But restaurant clients are so hard to get because they're, a lot of them just do their social media themselves and they're fine. Um, But I'm here to say, your social media will be popping if you hire me. (laughs) at all of the Baton Rouge restaurants. But I feel like showcasing the kind of work that you would be good at, it's, you know, I think it's presumptuous in a way to assume that a brand is going to want to hire you with nothing, like with no proof that you can Mm -hmm. make a video, with no proof that you keep up with the trends, with no proof that you know how to make a TikTok. So I feel like um, using social media in that way, and then you can link in a pitch. Mm -hmm. You can link and say, like, this is an example of a UGC, you know, piece of content that I created for a similar brand. And I feel like that would help you out. Okay, so for the last question in this section of the episode. um, So if someone listening is like, this sounds like it is for me and I want to be a UGC creator, what are kind of the first steps that they can take to get started and get their feet wet in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, um, consume on TikTok. When you Mm. see something that is a sponsored post um, or a sponsored video on TikTok, save those. Um, I think it's really important to kind of understand the structure of UGC videos before going into it. Um, I see a lot of people creating things that are beautiful content, but they're not UGC. They're not selling the product. It's just a pretty Mm -hmm. video. Um, And that's not what UGC is. Um, at all. <laughs> um, it's definitely more organic and more someone actually using a product. So go on TikTok and that's your research, <laughs> honestly. Um, and then I also have a UGC starter kit that kind of walks you through everything. Um, it used to be 60 pages. Now it's 90 because I just keep adding wow. to <laughs> Um, because there are a lot of things that, you know, you're going into a marketing career as a UGC creator and you need to Mm -hmm. know a lot of things. Um, and there's so much misinformation out there. Um, there are a lot of people who became a UGC creator this summer and now they're selling $400 courses. Um, and it's a little, you know, you never know how good it's going to be. So make sure you're learning from someone that has been doing it for a while. Um, that's Mm -hmm. why I created a kit. Um, uh, it's a digital product. And it kind of just walks you through everything and gives you all the tools you need. I mean, you need a contract. You need um, to know the terms in marketing. There's a lot of things you need to learn. um, And it's not hard. The barrier to entry, honestly, is very low. Um, I do not have a degree in anything marketing. I went to school for sociology. I wanted to be, (laughs) um, you know, in that field. And I don't use it at all. So um, just make sure who you're learning from is someone who is qualified. Um, because like I said, there are a lot of people who do the tips and tricks on TikTok because it's hot right now and they'll get a lot of views. Um, but they don't necessarily know the business side. Um, you need to create, you need to treat being a UGC creator as a business because it is a business. Um, and if Mm -hmm. you treat it like that, um, you need to get everything set up properly. So, um, yeah, my UGC starter kit goes deep in all the stuff that nobody wants to talk about, like contracts and (laughs) all the fun stuff. (laughs) Amazing. Well, we'll have that linked in the show notes as well for anybody who wants to check that out. But okay, so random question. I really like today's and I think it's very fun. And um, I actually went into my screen time to figure out my my exact answer to this. But it is what phone app do you think that you use the most besides social media? So Abigail, you can go ahead and start. Okay, mine is probably um, I should have looked at mine. That was a good idea to look at yours. Um, probably <laughs> messages. I am a voice memo girl mm-hmm. and <laughs> I have a business bestie and we just like voice memo back ideas all day long. I'm not like a huge app person. My editing apps maybe, but that's boring. Nobody yeah. wants to hear that, but I'm definitely like, I like to talk things out and, um, yeah, I'm not an app person. I have like hundreds on my phone that I'm like, Oh, I'll use this. And then yep, never I do. never use it. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. So I feel the same way. My second is probably my my bank app. I love tracking numbers. 
and it's so boring but I like love seeing the numbers and once you start making like good money as a creator like it's really fun to track and Mm -hmm. see like what you're doing so messages in my bank app (laughs) I love that okay Alexis what is your most used app um I don't know if this is considered social media I feel like it's not but YouTube I'm literally Mm -hmm. watching a YouTube video like at all times which is probably a bad thing but I need to have a YouTube video also makes fun of me all the time (laughs) that like I will just be walking through the apartment with my phone like in hand just even if I'm not looking at it I need I need a YouTube video it's the new college man you can learn anything on YouTube (laughs) literally or just F around that is what I do just watch (laughs) stuff with no uh, content (laughs) yeah I love that. Um, Okay, so I, like I said, I went to go look at mine, and this is from last week, but first of all, I would like to say I've spent an embarrassing amount of time on Instagram and TikTok. Like, my Instagram weekly amount of time is 13 hours. Research. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to say that. Um, But, so my third most used after Instagram and TikTok is messages. Um, When you were saying you have a business bestie, that's what Alexis and I do all day as well. Um, So I spent six hours on messages in a week, but then... Spotify is next. Mm. I feel like that's a little bit more interesting. Mm. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, surprisingly, my Spotify is was two hours last week. Was last week Thanksgiving? No. Weird. Um, but usually it's higher than that. I spend a lot of time listening to music. I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts. Um, not always on my phone. Sometimes on my smart device whose name I can't say or my computer <laughs> or my TV. Um, but I'm a big music girl. I cannot sit in silence, cannot work in silence. Uh, it just does not, it does not work for me. And a close, a close third here is Google Calendar. I spend a lot of time looking at my Google <laughs> Calendar. I can never remember what I'm supposed to do if I'm not looking at it. So um, amazing. Well, Abigail, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. We've loved chatting with you. Yes. Um, why don't you go ahead and plug yourself, tell everybody where they can find you to get all of your tips and where they can f- just connect with you after they listen to this episode. Yeah. So um, you guys can find me obviously on TikTok. Um, my name is Abigail Pew there and on Instagram as well. I really like to show up in stories the most on Instagram. I feel like it's a great place to connect with people. Um, TikTok, I'm a little feistier <laughs> um, because, you know, you got to play the game on the TikTok algorithm, get people's attention. But um, yeah, my Instagram stories is really where I love to just show up as me um, and connect with people. Um, and then I also have an email list that um, is hopping 25,000 people on my email list. And I have really wow. good, um, if you're wanting to get into UGC, I have a freebie that will send you like a series of really good emails full of where to find jobs. And, you know, it just gives you a lot of tools as a UGC creator um, and it spreads them out. So you won't feel overwhelmed. So definitely get on my email list if you want more info for free. There's a lot of freebies plugged in there and a lot of cool things. So yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, follow us on Instagram at Check Your Aesthetic and TikTok at Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. If you want to support our show, text the link to this episode to a friend, share when you listen to CYA on your story, or leave a positive rating or review wherever you're listening to this episode. If you want to hear more from us, be sure to hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll talk to you next Monday. See ya.